We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Red Rum. All things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out. But hurry. The killer's behind you! Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the tirade film movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. William Johnson. We're damn glad to have you folks. This is all for tantrum's sake. We're shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love, but for now, the gloves are off and Hissy Fit is on. Welcome back for another deep cut episode that we've been kind of starting as a second format to Cinephile Hissy Fit. This is where we kind of do a bit of a love and a hate for different actors and their resumes or performances. So this week, uh, we've done two of these. We kind of put two, two of these together previously on some shows. Thanks to our Chicago time together, we did Harrison Ford and Robin Williams. Uh, so what we've got going here today is we're going to do Sigourney Weaver as requested and recommended by our my guy will johnson here so our format here is this we kind of made a little bit of a, a top five or at least we kind of have some five highlights for each of us we're going to kind of do some loves and some hates along the way of uh roles we like roles we don't like that they've done and just kind of mull over what they've done best um our goal here is to kind of go past the popular stuff and get into some of the deeper things that they've done that maybe you folks haven't heard of or seen. So yeah. um, this is really loose for us. We're not really putting a timer or a bell to it, but I hope you enjoy kind of these combos we've put together. Will, how you well, doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, I, I can tell you uh, yeah. what, what movies in the future, all the way to 2028, she will not be on our list of favorites. Um, <laughs> that would be, in my opinion, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, Avatar 2, mm. Avatar 3, <laughs> Avatar 4, yeah. and Avatar 5. They're really making five. I forgot they're going as far as five. <laughs> it, Man. On, on IMDb, it says Avatar 5 is filming and will be released in 2028. I don't even know if I'll be alive in 2028. No shit. Uh, wow. Well, we were talking I see about three a, here. I didn't think five, man. Yeah, they got five of them, or four more, I should say. Mm -hmm. The first one is fine. Uh, we'll get into Avatar later, but uh, I will say this: um, the the tough part about Sigourney Weaver, okay, uh, br breaking down her filmography, mm -hmm. is especially from '79 till literally like 2000 something. I mean, she yeah. was just, I mean, she was pumping out hit after hit after hit. She and, sure did. I mean, like, I was trying to look at her filmography, like, what she did, like, prior to Alien. Uh, you know, a TV series here and there, she was, like, a, a small part in Annie Hall. But, mm -hmm. I mean, she pretty much just gets the ball rolling with Alien. I mean, and then after that, it's, you know, Ghostbusters, Aliens, Gorillas in the Mist, Working yeah. Girl, Ghostbusters 2, Alien 3. And just so many, like, you know, Death and the Maiden and, and a yeah. lot of, like, small, like, she, she balanced really well the the big stuff and the art stuff you know she was I in agree. like a, a very small film uh that my mom uh would not let me see for some reason i'm not sure why uh that came out right after star trek um finished uh, called jeffrey she was in that okay. uh with patrick stewart is where patrick stewart was in the middle of his uh, as most actors do when they're in something really huge and nerdy they they try their best to not be that anymore like elijah wood and so oh, yeah. Patrick Stewart was like the bad guy in uh, conspiracy theory. He was this uh, very gay man and Jeffrey, mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. But 
anyways, my point is, is she, you know, she would do that too with, um, what's his name? Um, what's the guy that's married to, uh, uh, God, I can't remember any of their names. Uh, what's the guy that's married to, uh, Greta Gerwig? Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, Noah Baumbach, gotcha. Yeah, like, she kind of became, like, a Noah Baumbach, uh, like, member of that troop of actors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, she would, she would appear in, like, little things like Be Kind Rewind, you know, Michael Condry stuff. Yeah. You know, so she found this really good way to balance with her skills. So it is very tough to, like, find something where she's not, like, something that maybe somebody hasn't heard of. In my opinion, I mean, I, I, I tell you what, though, I feel like you're kind of in the wheelhouse of places where people there's plenty of things I think people wouldn't hear of um, because because of that balance, like you're mm-hmm. everyone's going to go to Alien and, and the three Alien movies she made. And I get well, four in the movies she made I, and I get why. And mm-hmm. I think the next crowd is going to go to Galaxy Quest because that was, mm-hmm. you know, that's become a bit of a nice little cult classic. And she's a fun part of that. And oh, then, she's, of course, she's wonderful in that wonderful, oh, film. Yeah. wonderful film overall. It's a it's, oh, it's sure. a, a classic to me. Yeah. But between 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 Aliens, Ghostbusters, and Galaxy Quest, she's made enough small little movies here and there that I think mm-hmm. I've got some on the list that I think that people aren't aren't you know, especially nowadays because we're talking about movies at this point that are 20, 25 years old that I think people haven't seen and would watch and really appreciate. It's the stuff after two thousand where I'm like, she kind of landed in like. You know, she she obviously reached the age, unfortunately, that Hollywood starts to just discard women over 40 and don't give them great plum parts right. anymore. If they are, they're supporting ones because when she's just the side character in stuff like Holes or The Village or even something like a big blockbuster like Vantage Point or it, go, go straight to Avatar, you know, it's hard to kind of be like, oh, yeah, like look at all the, the fury that Sigourney Weaver gets to have or even a little part like Cabin in the Woods where – she had to step back and go and just keep on working out. She has stayed very busy at the same time, but she doesn't get a lot of things to do, which is a shame. Um, Cause I think she, I'm not saying she could be Meryl Streep too, but she is talented enough. And at the same age where she could just the give her the right part, give her the right place to kind of push. And she could be just better than a mom and a grandma at this point. I lost you there. You good? Yeah. You started saying after 2000, she started. Oh, yeah, did I miss? Did that all stay off of the recording? Can you hear me? I mean, it might have been recorded, but I wasn't there. Okay, <laughs> so. I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it really quick again, and I'll let Mitch chop it up. So, no, after 2000 for me is where she starts to kind of fall off, mainly because she kind of reaches that age where I'm pretty sure she crossed 40, and Hollywood doesn't really pay attention to women that turn 40. You're you're not young enough and pretty enough for all the things you do. And it's after 40 that she kind of sinks where like heartbreakers, she has more side parts than anything like holes and the village, like nice movies, obviously mm-hmm. good paychecks, things even like vantage point. Or um, of course, avatar counts as a, as a great thing where she can kind of have a plum part, but it's a supporting part in a movie where she doesn't get a lot of lead spots anymore, or if she does, they're in things that are small. And that's a shame because I think she's talented enough. I'm not saying she's Meryl Streep, but she's talented enough. You can give her a lead part in something or some of these roles that we've seen other actresses get. And even specifically somebody like Meryl Streep get where I think she could knock out of the park if she gets that chance. Um, But no, I, yeah, I, I think like I was saying before, I think there's she's done enough little things of really good work that I think sure. we can surprise some folks with some picks here. You want to drop one or two now or take a turn? Well, 
I'm going to go for a little unconventional pick. Um, go for it. Because um, I'm really big into like when an actor plays a role that they're known for and then subverts it a little bit. Okay. Um, so this is a franchise. This is a franchise, but it is a much derided part of the franchise. This would be Alien Resurrection in 1997. Mm-hmm. What I really like about this movie is, um, and you can tell that the director really helped her out with this because I think that she's the type of actress. She even says this on the behind the scenes DVDs of alien resurrection where she says, and eh, they wanted to do this alien versus predator shit. And I wasn't interested in that. And I didn't want to do this. And I really wanted to not waste my time and make sure that it was a good movie. Like she, it's like, she cares about the, like maintaining and cultivating that character. Okay. So what I like about alien resurrection is you have Ripley, but she is kind of this clone who's also got like alien DNA in her. So she's got kind of a different relationship with the alien. She's got a different kind of approach to her humanity. She's more cat-like. She's, she's not Ripley, but she is. Yeah. And subverts it, like you said. Yeah. You know, totally. There's, there's echoes of the original Ripley, but when you think of Ripley in aliens one through three, you kind of think of this very tough as nails, badass bitch, so to speak, uh, Alien Resurrection, she's just as deadly, but there's more of a, like, the only thing I can think of is like a sexuality to her. There's more of a, yeah, like definitely an, 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 an animality to her. So I like that it, it, instead of it being Ripley part four, it's very much mm-hmm. this different character that has Ripley in them. And I really enjoy that. I've always liked Alien Resurrection quite a bit. Uh, as a film, I think it's I think it's really well done. A lot of people do not like it. Um, it's true. I I think it's great. Uh, and also, you know, she um, uh, plays with that 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 Ripley persona and twists it. And I like I really like that a lot. Um, but yeah, what's something that uh, I'll go have? I'll go small. Um, in the late '90s, I think she hit a stride with doing some some really strong independent work in some bold mm-hmm. parts and things that. I don't think you could make today or you would make today and it would be either a TV movie or something on cable or it just wouldn't just wouldn't play They're They're just might tiny, tiny little movies. I'll drop one that she actually got a Golden Globe nomination for best actress in a drama from this tiny little movie. It's a movie from 1999 called A Map of the World. Mm, and yep, she yep. played. Yeah, she plays a school nurse in a small town in Wisconsin. And uh there's a death of the daughter of her friend played by uh, Julianne Moore. And it happens on like her house and property where, mm-hmm. you know, there's a chance that she's negligent or, or at, at fault. This, you know, this mom friend is at fault for it, you know, played by Sigourney Weaver. And she's also the school nurse where she's fighting some child abuse charges at work. So her life is just really imploding because there's this death that happens kind of almost at her hands or really close She's, you know, getting grilled at work and and she's reaching that age where she's struggling with intimacy with her husband. David Strathairn's in it doing a really nice part. And mm, it's just this. Oh, yeah. So it's just this um this really great character study of a woman who's just unraveling and trying to find strength and, and trying to also just seek and get forgiveness for mm-hmm. for just mistakes made like how do you and mistakes that for people are normally irrecoverable and i i really admire her dramatic work we're like damn that's sigourney weaver 
She's not just writhing on a bed, you know, talking about Zool and Ghostbusters. She can do that. <laughs> and, it, you know, and it's a young Julianne Moore at the same time. And, and David Strand here in sound presence and, and all. Um, a movie I really enjoy. It's um, uh, based on a novel. Peter Hedges is the screenplay writer who did it. He eventually went on to kind of do some movies like well, he did What's Eating Gilbert Grape before this. He did like About mm. a Boy and Pieces of April after it. Um, mm. Of all people to produce this movie, it's like Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, like the Spielberg double, you know, who put this movie out, which is you know, of all the things they would be, you know, this little thing did it. So tiny little production company. It, it made a little debut at Toronto the year it came out. It made a half million dollars in the box office and disappeared to DVD. Um, for most people, this is a Mr. Skin entry because Sigourney Weaver gets naked a bunch of times. But it's <laughs> it's one of the but it's one of those movies where it's not like sexy things. It's just difficult place kinds of things, and it's just an impressive performance. Excuse me, I had to sneeze. Uh, Bless you. Well, let's talk. Good. I want to talk. I want to talk about that. Like you mentioned, the writhing on the bed of. What I what I've always liked about Sigourney Weaver is she's she is a uh, a unique looking woman. Like very true. I don't I don't think you're you're going to say that she is classically beautiful. She is no. very beautiful, but she is yeah. not like the traditional actress uh, in terms of what Hollywood pumps out to us and tells us is beautiful. Uh-huh. Uh, and what I like about that is that in Ghostbusters, for instance, she can be she can have that moment where she's sexy, but what makes that more shocking is the fact that you kind of saw this very um not cold but you know very uh withdrawn not withdrawn either but i I don't know how to explain it but very Mm -hmm. like normal like girl next door almost girl next neighbor next door to her so when you see her all sexy in the red dress and writhing you're like oh wow holy crap like i I know it shouldn't be it shouldn't be sound like a backhanded compliment but like it's hard for actresses to look like regular women, and she's right. she's a regular woman, but well, but then has she, all this intensity and drama possible underneath, looking like a non classic beauty. Well, right, right, and that's and that's and that's what I like about her is that, like, for instance, in the first Alien, you're like, okay, yeah. cute, cute lady, but sure. it never like her cuteness or her prettiness never undermines her strength. Well, I said. think that a lot of Hollywood films. I think a lot of Hollywood films make the mistake of of saying like, it, you can tell when someone's faking it. Like, I think the biggest yeah. example we always use, or I always use, is um, what's her name in uh, the world is not enough. Um, oh, uh, Denise Richards. Mary De- Denise Richards. Like, yeah. okay, like, unfortunately, the way that they pr- maybe she's smart. I don't know, but I, you you can I, tell they're like uh-huh. we needed a hot. Not a smart girl, you know what I mean. But let's cast her as Dr. Christmas, right? I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so it's it's so like with me, it's like Sigourney Weaver is a good enough actor, a great, a good enough actor, and pretty enough to be like real. Yeah. That it, it never like you're never like not buying that she is. Oh, like a, she plays cello in, in the symphony in mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, or she is a a school nurse. You know, or, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, she, she convinces you of, like, her abilities yeah. without sacrificing. Think- like, she can be pretty without sacrificing her brain. She can be brainy without sacrificing her beauty. And I, I love think you, that about her. Think- That's a... Yeah. I think you but- nail it by saying brain. Like, she's mentally seductive. You know what I mean? Like, she can oh, yeah. just, you know, with, with her lines and with her intelligence look 
either you know come hither or she can look as like a threat or she can look like something desirable because when i look at her when i look at her resume some more she's made erotic movies you know she's got you know half moon street she's got death in the maiden and some movies like that where Mm -hmm. she can use her non-traditional looks to still steal away men's hearts and uh, if i had to throw a second movie on from that 90s thing like she when she's the seductive milf kind of in the ice storm from Uh, that's a really cool part for her and same thing like that's not Stifler's mom from American Pie. That's Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, you know, twisting right. the screws and making that tension greater. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, and she, and, and I like that she has a sense of humor about herself too, because she can do the, like the Galaxy Quest. Like she's yeah. the Deanna Troy who like says all the obvious things. Where she's like, "Why am <laughs> right. I saying this shit?" But then we'll also have like her boobs hanging out, and we'll be yeah. like, "How did that happen?" Like I like that she has uh, enough like of a sense of humor to kind of play up that, that thing. But I think what a lot of people forget is, you know, Ripley wasn't just like an iconic character, but I mean, she got an Oscar nomination for playing Ripley in mm-hmm. aliens, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's a movie where they gave a woman a role where even in the first aliens, I mean, she strips down to her underwear at some point, right. like in alien, in alien, in aliens. I mean, she is, tough as you go no skin like she is motherly uh-huh. like mother bear yeah and and she's tough as nails but you're still like man i really like i, I want that to be like mother of my children <laughs> you know like it's 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 such a, a natural normal performance that i don't think we get enough of even even as uh even in the mcu uh i think that by the time endgame happened and then with black widow i think scarlett johansson was uh, a great actress in those two films. And I think her character finally got some, like some good stuff to work with, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. The first like six times she appears, she's just there to be sexy. Oh yeah. Like she's, you know what I mean? So, but even, if you're going to be a femme fatale, you ha- that's an element of the character that kind of has to sort of be there at some point. So, Oh sure. But what I, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, is that even in today's era where we're, we are more aware of mm-hmm. these d- discrepancies, we still kind of sexualize and the fact that we had Sigourney Weaver playing a character like Ripley and got the attention that it did, like getting an Oscar nomination right. and becoming iconic for not being traditionally Hollywood sexy, I think right. is so ahead of its time and progressive that even though yeah, this is a big totally one, we're agree. talking on the deep, we're, we're talking about the deep cuts, but you, you can't help but just, I think that's almost a deep cut in terms of a progressive female performance. You know, I agree um, because th- you're right. The other, the other people who would be those kinds of stars from the eighties and nineties are your it girls, you know, the, the bubbly, mm-hmm. the Elizabeth shoes, the, yeah, you know, the, the Julia Roberts is where they, it's their looks that get them through, not their savvy, not their intensity. And Sigourney brings that. And even, and no offense to Linda Hamilton doing amazing work in T2, she has to, you know, put a donation in the, in the altar box for Sigourney. We were doing it better before her because without Sigourney, you don't get what you have now. You don't get yeah, I, Charlize Theron Julian, being Furiosa in Mad Max. Like you, you, she ushered in something that we couldn't get from other places. No, I wouldn't say I'm not going to say better than I agree with you on the ushering in because I think yeah. those Linda, those Linda does it better than Sigourney. Yeah. No, no, I don't think she does it better either. I think the three you mentioned are on par for some of the greatest action heroines of all time. Yeah. 
So yeah. I, I don't think one did better than the other. I think you can put Ripley Furiosa and I, I uh, hear Sarah you there. Connor. But so the common denominator there is the no is the no sexiness part. You know, it's it's just grizzled, right. tough women, which is great. No, no, it's fantastic, and um, you know, and 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 to show that range, you know, I mean, she, some of the uh-huh. other things she was nominated for was uh, she was nominated in the same year for Gorillas in the Mist and Working Great Girl. Movie. I mean, two yeah. different performances Very right different there. Movies. You know, like so. Uh, you know, one of those rare, we talked about Scarlett Johansson. She had the same thing happen to her a couple of years ago where she got two nominations in one year for two completely mm-hmm. different roles. Um, what do you think of those of, two movies to go to 87 there or to 88 for where the working well, girl and girl? I think working girl is this kind of this movie that keeps on giving because it's, yeah. it's almost so hilariously outdated. Yes. That it, almost, <laughs> it, it almost plays as a satire in a way. Yeah. Um, Although it was scathing commentary for its era, but it's that time yes. now. And plus, kind of like had... the Wolf of Wall Street will be that someday as well. So, um... well, actually, that was made with satire in mind because it was after the fact. Like, I guess whatever. That well, '80s movies made but... 20 years later. You know, right, right. Well, uh, and plus, Working Girl has Harrison Ford, so it's awesome. Um, but, Correct. Um, Point, uh, but yeah. no, and then Gorillas in the Mist. Um, that's one I have not seen in a long time. Ooh, I haven't um, seen in a long time either. But good biopic, you know, in, in engrossing story, well made, and again, female protagonist can't go wrong. And another another thing that Sigourney Weaver has, I, I don't know if I've been on the soapbox on the show before. Okay, I have a major issue with voice acting in modern day films now. Um, okay, go on. Uh, voice acting is no longer treated as a skill. It's treated as recognizability. Um, even, like, I don't know when it started. I, I I can't even say it was The Little Mermaid because you had Jodie Benson playing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Ariel, and, and Aladdin was not played by a big name I know star. when it started. I know the when Lion it started. King? Lion King? When you start to have stars instead of talents? Right. No, because yeah. you still have... Like Nathan Lane and the guy who does Pumbaa are lesser known, unproven talent. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Jordan. Irons is not a huge. Uh, huge I, I guy. here, I know what it was. It was Shrek. Okay, Shrek. Or well, it's all, or it's all stars. And Cameron now, Diaz is not convincing voice actors. And I, and I, I promise this will tie into Signorini Weaver for all you guys that okay. are listening. But here's the thing. So yes, I have, I have hated uh, voice acting in films uh, because it is more about recognizability. Now it's more about selling tickets than actual talent. I agree um, there. And and actually, believe it or not, I'm going to talk about an MCU project in a bad way, but it's very clear in in, in uh, Disney Plus's What If that some of those actors, even though they're playing their characters, uh, Sebastian Stan comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other actors come to mind. Uh, they're not good voice actors. No. Like Jeremy Renner not, was terrible. Yeah, there's many. No, many Jeremy Renner's fine. As a voice actor, knock it off. No way. He's he's great and everything. Shut up. Uh, anyway, but my point <laughs> is is that Sigourney Weaver, because of Gorillas in the Mist, uh-huh. kind of became like this authentic voice for like nature stuff. And sure. she segued into also being a great voice actress. Like she's in uh-huh. Wally. She's That's she right. does these nature documentaries. Yeah. She has a fantastic voice. She has a very just like her name and her looks. Her voice is very unique. Like That's it's true. both. It's both commanding, but it can, it can be sexy. Like it's very interesting <laughs> how that works, and that's why she's such a unique actor. Um, but she's also a great um, a voice actor, and I think that is something that films need to remember 
you know, because you can watch these I chipmunk agree. films where they just hire every, <laughs> yeah. or the Trolls movies where they just hire uh. anybody that sounds familiar. It's like, remember back in the day, like, to me, I remember, like, Transformers the movie, mm-hmm. like, one of my favorite films ever because I was five when it came out. I mean, yeah, they had Judd Nelson because he was popular at the time, but, you know, it was Scatman Crothers and, yeah. uh, you know, Orson Casey Kasem well. and yeah. Leonard Nimoy. Like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, Will Smith is going to attach his yeah. voice to this. Will Smith yeah, is what, an okay what was the, actor. What but. was the Will Smith, Tom Holland spy movie like two years ago? Spies, Spies in Disguise. Disguise. Like, that's just. You listen, you're you're hitting the nail on the head because you want to see these animated movies create characters that are characters and not just actors. Because you listen to those characters like, all right, this is Will Smith. And guess what? The character's animated to look like Will Smith. So we're watching a Will Smith movie, not a such and such character movie. And that sucks. Right. I'm with right. So Sigourney Weaver is one of those rare A-list actors. I, I guess you could call her an A-list still. I think she's a legend. Um, that yeah. can do the voice work, and I appreciate that. So that's just another facet of her ability to perform is is uh, her voice acting. So I mean, I know we didn't cover a lot of roles in this episode. That's okay. We don't want to run too long, but I think it's better to show that she's got so many facets mm. to her personality. This is why she's a star. This is why yeah. she's a legend. She's got so much to give audiences. You can believe, kind of like what we were talking about with Harrison Ford. Um, you can believe Sigourney Weaver in the smallest roles as as well as the big ones. I agree. Any uh, last question for you for me would be uh, any yeah. duds, any movies there where you're like, man, she's awful. I, I got a she- I got a spot or two where the movie behind her doesn't help her. I mean, you said the new Ghostbusters, and well, I get why. I'm not a chappy guy I where mean, I think she's a waste and chappy. Exodus well, yeah, and there's, Gods there's, and Kings not a good movie. There's a difference because we talked about this in our backdraft episode. There's a difference yeah. between like a movie not being good and an actor True. not being good in it. Yeah, um, she that's right. She's better. I don't think she's ever been bad. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. I, I think that they have sometimes uh caricatured her to be kind of yeah. the toughest nails, like sometimes Ripley they make her, Ripley light. Yeah. And sometimes they kind of like with Kath. Kathleen uh Catherine Keener, like sometimes uh-huh. they cast her as the bitch because she can convincingly do that. Yeah. Um, even though she's got more range to her. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's a movie we may talk about in our next deep cut episode that she's in where she's also kind of wasted, but fills the gap of what you need. A movie called Rampart with Woody Harrelson. There you go. Where she just has to kind of be the tough as nails investigator. You know, like it's sometimes I think they just go, Well, we need a tough gal. Let's get Sigourney Weaver, and they don't utilize her skills. Um, okay. But I do not think she's ever been bad in a movie. I, I, I can't I, think I of a bad that. performance. I second that. Yeah. Well, this was good on Sigourney. I like this one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Do I need to do an outro of some sort? I I think it's only appropriate. You know. All right. Well, drop the bosses. I promote want, the show. I want you to follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit. Uh, and on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fits Podcast. Uh, I think we're up to like a couple hundred likes on the Facebook. So one of us is doing a very good job of inviting friends and then the other person is not. That's okay because I handle Twitter and whatever. <laughs> true, true. Uh, you do like 90 things. I do one and I do the one thing really <laughs> great. So. This is true. This is very <laughs> true. Also find us. The fact that we're recording right now is a miracle because like 
uh, every time we're like, oh, yeah, I'll go set up the time, and then I don't do it. <laughs> also, find us both on Letterboxd. Thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. Cinephile Hissy Fits is a 25YL media podcast brought to you by RubinationsRadioNetwork.com. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe. If you enjoyed this show, we have more where that came from with interesting hosts and more wonderful guests. This is all available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite shows. Stay away from her, you bitch! <laughs>